feeling frequencies are open. Welcome, welcome to the Infinite Potato Alliance. Welcome to That Star Trek Podcast. Are you out of your mind? Watch and learn. This is going to be awesome. This is your place for detailed analysis and speculation of all things Trek. You are stopping to the core. I can smell it on you. Join us as we dive into the newest content coming available, as well as retrospectives of the past series and films. Do we need a mutiny today to prove who we are? Now, on with the show. We've only just begun. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of That Star Trek Podcast, your one-stop pod for reviews, discussions, speculations of all things Trek. My name is Scott Madison. I am your host, and I'm joined by uh, a, a full crew once again. We got a full table of commentators. Uh, we have joining us, Rick. How are you? Taste wet sustenance. <laughs> and we also have Nick Yeager. How are you? Yep. Starfleet definitely wouldn't be able to reverse this in an hour. <laughs> might be my favorite part of the show is just the opening quotes um joining us once again we have uh the big kahuna of the infinite potato alliance uh the man himself sean ray how's it going i'm doing well i don't have a quote (laughs) my favorite quote of the episode uh we have joining us from the star trek universe podcast once again david robertson how are you um so something about I've conquered self-doubt or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and in a rare appearance, joining us from the Quantum Leap podcast, we have the inimitable Christopher DeFilippis. How's it going? I think I'm imitable, um, but grapplers are on point. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him imit from time to time. Hey, hey, that was between us, man. <laughs> <laughs> and this week, folks, uh, with the conclusion of the Star Trek Very Short Treks, we will have uh, no pre-discussion. We are going to jump straight into this week's Lower Decks episode, Season 4, Episode 7, A Few Badgies More, written by Edgar Monplazer and directed by Bob Suarez. Monplazer? Uh, Monplazer. Mon plaisir. That too. Bless you. This is why on our show, we don't say who wrote or directed anything. We try to stay away from actual names that we haven't actually heard because there's always someone writing in being like, I can't believe you didn't know how to pronounce that. I'm like, I'm from Alabama, dude. I don't even know how to pronounce my own name. Omelette du fromage. All right, Nick, one more time for the people in the back. Mon plaisir. Exactly what I said. In this episode, <laughs> what I heard. according to Memory Alpha, three computerized villains return to cause problems for the Cerritos crew. Uh, we have return appearances in this episode by um, 
Oh, what's the computer? Uh, the, it it starts with an A. A Agamus, thank you. I, I was close. I wasn't going to get it right. No, I'm, I'm sorry. It, it's actually Agamie. Agamway. Agamus. Return appearances from Agamus, Peanut Hamper, and Badgie in uh, two separate uh, parallel plot lines. It, it, this, this was fun. I kind of enjoyed this episode. It was it was light. It was uh, uh, relatively inconsequential, and it uh, wrapped up or ostensibly wrapped up uh, multiple storylines for recurring uh, antagonists. So that was neat. Uh, but my opinions, I find less important. We're going to go around the table and get other people's opinions because that's uh, doubtless more important. We're going to start with Sean, I think. What did you think of this episode? So I always enjoy Lower Decks, but if there's two characters on Lower Decks that I don't care about seeing anymore, it's Badgie and Peanut Hamper. <laughs> so I was just like, this was not my favorite episode of the season, but at the same time, I mean, there was enough in there to keep me. I mean, I wasn't, I didn't feel bored watching the episode or anything. I did laugh at a couple of things, but uh, I'm just, I'm just not a huge Badgie and Peanut Hamper fan. So, I think the, the the last time Peanut Hamper was on the show, I can't remember the name of the episode. I think that episode went way off the rails. <laughs> but that's uh, why it was so good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's bad. I'm not going to say it's bad. It's still my least favorite one. It's just, yeah, it just wasn't my, yeah. It's just, this is not my jam. Badgie is, I do, I don't care for Badgie. I do like uh, uh, Agamus. I think is funny just because it's a big takeoff of stuff that we've seen on Star Trek so many times, and it's got Jeffrey Combs. So. Uh, this this seemed like a filler episode that they were when they wrote it they were just crossing their fingers that Jeffrey Holmes will be Jeffrey Combs will be free that week <laughs> and he was and uh, so we got this so uh, now I did I did like the the ending with uh, with Badgie I thought that was pretty funny uh, other than that it's it's I mean it's okay it was entertaining enough all right uh, next up Rick. Give us I, an, an overview. I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to hearing y'all give Sean as much shit for not liking an episode as y'all give me. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm preparing. I'm preparing. <laughs> um, I, was, I was surprised because, as, you know, as, as I said when she last appeared, I was not a fan of Peanut Humper's Peanut Humper. Peanut Humper. <laughs> Humper's last that's, that's the name. The rest of the episode, that's the name. <laughs> um. That's the I, porn parody. <laughs> I really enjoyed the Peanut Hamper storyline. I really enjoyed the Agamus storyline. I was very surprised because I was looking forward to it at how the Badgie storyline kind of left me flat. I did enjoy the, the, the end of it. But, it, it, you know, again, it wasn't bad. I agree with Sean. It wasn't bad. But I was, I don't, I don't know what I was expecting, but about you know maybe halfway through the whole badgy thing i was like can we just wrap this up and go back to peanut hamper and agamus but overall i enjoyed it it was fun all right neek how did you feel about this episode 
I agree that the badgy stuff was the less strong of the stories. I love Peanut Hamper. I'm on record as thinking the Peanut Hamper episode from whichever season was the best episode of Lower Decks ever. So I loved what they did with with her and with all the uh, AI evil computers. The, I mean, it made no sense. It was absolutely ridiculous, but so hilarious. All the stuff at like, at the, was it um, Daystrom? Yep. Yeah, it's where they they had the. I mean, it makes no sense that they would have all these computers on Earth. Like you could easily just have them in a station somewhere. But anyway. Um, the group therapy, them watching a movie sitting on folding chairs. I mean, absolutely hilarious. I like the exercise yard. Yeah, I mean, it was it was so funny. And like, and I think also this episode was significant because whenever that peanut hamper episode happened, I wasn't on the pod that week. And so I listened to that Star Trek podcast and all of everyone on the panel, I don't remember who was there, but everyone was shitting on that episode saying how bad it was. And I was just like screaming at my phone being like, you guys didn't get it. So even though I don't <laughs> recap Lower Decks, I was inspired to recap that episode of Lower Decks. And I did so much research. It took me like a week to tally all the episodes of Star Trek that had ever aired that dealt with AI because it's a recurring theme in Star Trek how AI is usually depicted as being evil and so I tallied all the episodes that depict AI as evil and all the episodes that depict AI as good and indeed you know evil AI came out on top and so that's a recurring theme of Star Trek is this idea of we should be mistrustful of technology and we should be distrustful of artificial intelligence and so this episode wrapping up the storyline of both Peanut Hamber and Agamus and Badgie so all three of these storylines all three of these AIs and concluding with them all being good thought was extremely interesting especially given the way AI is currently threatening the jobs of writers and other creatives so I thought that was a really interesting take for them to now reverse what they've been saying so far in Lower Decks and in Star Trek in general and I think that's something worth discussing and why do we think the show chose to do that good point mm-hmm well, we you, can, we can always trust Neek to to have the good points. We you, just we just make dumb jokes. When you made when you figured out like how many episodes depicted negative AI versus positive, did you factor in every episode with data? Yes. Really? Yeah. So, like by and large, there were more negative AI than every single episode of Next Generation. Because I don't even oh, remember that many I AIs. I didn't factor in every episode that has data in it. I factored in the episodes that were about data and about that, you know, that uh, involved him, his AI, his artificialness or whatever being relevant. Okay. If he, if he's just there hanging out, then I didn't count that. I only counted it when, again, his, him, him being an Android was relevant to the plot. It was, which, was, which is was almost the... always a malfunction. 
of some, yeah, of yeah. some kind. Was the doctor some... on Voyager considered as well? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm going to have to go back and read that. That's interesting. No joke. Being serious. <laughs> well, and, and as long as you're being serious, Dave, go ahead and continue to be serious and give us your take on this episode overall. Um, in some ways, I was disappointed because I was looking for a big showdown because I we had anticipated over on my show, Star Trek Universe, that <laughs> there was going to be some some showdown years ago, and then uh, and then uh, the w- one thing that my co-host said that kind of flipped me a little bit was it subverted all expectations because we thought you know Badgy and uh and agamus and peanut hamper would wind up teaming up and they did not um and we also thought that you know there would be more to um a big overarching uh threat and they all wound up being good like it all just sort of went the opposite way of what we we assumed it would um so i i did enjoy the episode anyway even though i was a little disappointed but um, you know, one of my favorite things on Futurama are the robots, and I uh, mean, I I love Tyrannicillus. I I want <laughs> I want them to do a Star Trek Tyrannicillus spinoff. I I loved the, the all the AIs having their like mental health uh, therapy sessions, and and uh, all of that was so brilliant and. Uh, I don't know. I'm always willing to let Star Trek get a little silly, especially when you consider like, are we really supposed to be taking the original series and the animated series as canon? If so, we can get a little silly. It's okay. So uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the hell out of it, and um, I like the badgy stuff. I liked him becoming Doctor Manhattan by the end. And with this episode, though, with this episode, I will say I don't want at least for another season. I don't want to see one more damn koala yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i don't want any more references to that damn black mountain <laughs> like that was special those were supposed to be special things i'm done don't give me any more for at least a season i'll i'll be okay if the koala turns up in another star trek property that would be oh that would be funny <laughs> yes i would be okay with that like if if like Pike gets you know blasted or something and they dies for a second and they bring him back and he's like oh there was a koala at a black mountain I'll probably piss myself but <laughs> other than that I'm just like dude I don't let's not let's not get too deep on the koala I I think Strange New Worlds would be the place if they were to make any sort of a reference <laughs> to the koala it would it would be a gag in Strange New Worlds I think that's where it would fit. But as for the koala, I would expect, since this is the second time we've seen it this season, Mm -hmm. so if they're going to follow the rule of three, then we're going to see it one more time, and it might actually have some bearing on the plot. Probably, I'm going to be unsurprised if we see the koala be somewhat, at least somewhat important in the finale of this season. Hmm. Just because we've we've seen it twice so far, once right near the beginning of the season, this is about in the middle. If we get it one more time, I I won't be shocked. All right, finally coming to the end of the table. I'm I'm eager to hear what Chris has to say about this episode. Chris, what did you think of this week's lower decks? 
I'm more on Team Sean with this one. I was trying to decide whether this was the exact wrong episode for me to join on for Lower Decks this season or the exact right episode for me to join on this season because I found this episode mostly tedious and I feel like that's representative of how I felt about Lower Decks this entire season. I've just been watching it. I don't think that I've been especially enjoying it. And if there are characters that I care least about in Lower Decks, they featured the three of them in this episode. I don't care about Agamus. I can't stand Peanut Hamper. And uh, the badgy thing left me cold the first time I saw it. I, I thought this was so stupid. And I mean, I get it. It's just, but it, it's at, at its heart, it's just one single gag about these evil robots doing, you know, their evil thing, but in a good way. So, you know, subjugating the crops or it was the same joke for a half an hour. And if you like that joke, I guess it's a good joke, but I didn't like the joke. So it was just like, okay, can we get through this episode? And then I realized that for most of the season, I've just been getting through Lower Decks. And granted, I've not been the show's biggest supporter. I think it's okay. I've liked the characters to varying degrees, but I feel like this one was especially tough to get through. And maybe because of the peanut hamper and uh, the pe uh, the uh, badgy stuff. I'm just not a fan of badgy at all. And unlike Neek, I didn't see anything redeeming in that entire peanut hamper half hour. I just thought it was a slog. But you like so, Gucci, right? You, you that like Gucci and Logic, right? The one time that I laughed out loud when they said Gucci. Yes. Okay, Dave, thank you. Uh -huh. Thank you for yeah, uh -huh. taking the rug right out from under me. Ah. I, did, I did laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, that's a little clever. But uh, yeah, and like, like I said, I know that I've not been the biggest supporter of Lower Decks on, on these airwaves on this show. But I've always tried to give it a chance. I just, I, I don't know. I'm just not digging it this season. I, I like it less this season than I have the last few seasons. And I, I'd say I like it I like it as much now as I did in season one, and I didn't like it in season one very much at all. Hmm. So it's weird. It's weird because it got better for me, and now this season it's just... Maybe I just don't care. I don't know. I don't know. And that's me. Okay, goodbye, guys. It was nice to be, <laughs> be with you again on that Star Trek podcast. <laughs> Here's my question for Chris. When you laughed at, at Gucci... Is it because it was a funny play on badgy? Bad, yes, no, that's badgy? it. It's and not no not, deeper than that. It's not no deeper than that. Not because <laughs> it sounds like gushy. <laughs> mm. I hadn't even considered that. Now I'm laughing at that. So. Yeah, I didn't think about that. But what made me think about Quantum Leap and uh, the robot? What, what, what was the AI called again? Ziggy. 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 That's right. God, my brain just went gone. It's okay, I'm here for you, man. Uh, I thought only good computers could turn blue. That line made me laugh and think of Quantum Leap because <laughs> Lothos is red Ziggy's and Ziggy blue. is blue. Ziggy yeah. Is blue. Yes. And in season one of the reboot, we had, it was right, what, it was near the end of the season when Ziggy went all red lights and we knew that something bad was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chris, if, if you have time after the show, we'll talk about the, about the new season of Quantum Leap. <clears throat> Scott, what did you think of this yeah, episode? It'll be, it'll be part of what we're going to talk about. Yeah. The, okay. Uh, so we've got three, uh, uh, three, as we said, recurring antagonists uh, showing up in this episode. Um, Badgie, and people have made it clear they have opinions about Badgie. Um, 
so let's talk about that storyline first and get it out of the way um as it was teased what was it the end of season three in a post-credit scene um rutherford's uh um implant was found and pulled onto an unknown ship and we were shown that Badgie was still living inside of it. I, I'm curious how many people on this panel agree, uh, agree with me in that if you set something up in the post credit scene of a season finale, you expect it to be a little bit more important than one episode halfway through the season and then it's done. I was well, really, I was expecting yeah. much more to come from the recovered implant and the the return of Badgie than a one episode story that was only one of two parallel plot lines. Absolutely. Was anyone else expecting more? What was the storyline of? Because I, I remember there was a scene uh, last season where Rutherford had like some memory come up of people working on him and said, mm-hmm. "Was that ever resolved, or is yeah. that still?" Yes, yeah, okay. it was resolved. Yeah. That was resolved. okay. I don't remember. Like a it couple was, episodes later, but I do. Was, I do know on a, on a Strange New Worlds, they they kind of did that at the end of one of the episodes where they they brought up Cybok and all that, and that's never been yeah they didn't talked yeah. about again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and are we really worse off for that? I ask you. <laughs> I, I was, I'm curious. I want to know what they're going to do with it. Yeah. yeah well, at, at this point, I don't know if they're going to do something with it. If they, if they let it lay fallow for an entire season, come and gone, and then try to bring it back in season three, I'd be surprised, but I would be interested. And yes, I know that the character of Cyborg is kind of a, a, a bad uh, connotation with his connection to Star Trek V, not everyone's favorite Star Trek movie. But if they have an idea then I'm I'm willing to watch it because Strange New Worlds has been doing well, I think, in these first couple seasons. I, that's I would not, what not we're object to about. seeing more of Cyborg if they did it well. I, I mm-hmm. all, all kidding aside, but also I really wasn't thinking about Badgie until this episode. You know, that that post-credit teaser, which I didn't even get to see until y'all mentioned it, and then I had mm-hmm. to dig it up, because uh, you know, Paramount Plus does not you know, the, the credits go down into the corner and if there's something after it, you gotta know it's there to look for it, otherwise it's, you know watch this episode that aired five years ago. Yeah, they're, um, they're pushing you on to the next thing real quick. So I didn't even know it was there, so then, you know, I had to look it up on, on YouTube, I think, and I was like oh, Badgie in, in Rutherford's old implant. And then I completely forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And after what they did in this episode with Badgie, I don't think I want to see half a season of him. <laughs> no, I think they did just the right amount, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they had built it, like I was a little disappointed it wasn't more, but thinking about it, like I don't know that I would want to watch more Badgie. Like I like an, uh, about an episode a year of Badgie, and I'm okay with it. I like the Dr. Manhattan Badgie. Let him transcend. Get him mm-hmm. on. Move yeah, on. Yeah, that part at the end, I thought that part was funny. But yeah, uh, let, let him make his own universe. That that'll be fine. I think I I don't hate Badgie. I don't dread the episodes where he's going to show up. But I think he's a little bit one note, and there's more that they could think of to do with the character. 
which is why I was half expecting with that teaser at the end of last season, I was expecting Badger to be involved with this uh, mystery ship that we've been seeing mm. all season. But apparently not. Never even occurred um, to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the whole the whole cute little cartoon character that wants to kill you thing is kind of, I mean, it's been done by every comedy series <laughs> that I can think of. Yeah, uh, and it's, I mean it's Chucky. It's basically Chucky. Besides, <laughs> this is this version of Badgy. Like they could still have, like he could have copied himself onto a computer somewhere. There might be some version of Badgy, but you know, pre-transcendence, uh, where he winds up coming back and you know, it's Eobard Thawne on the Flash, like all over again. Like, oh, it's uh, a separate, it's a separate timeline version. It's a copy of a copy of a copy. And the one thing that I do wish that uh, they would have done with Badgie, and if they ever bring it, if they ever do bring him back, maybe they will. I don't, I don't see how they can now that they've turned, they've transcended him and everything. I just uh, told you how. I would love to see him like make <laughs> copies of himself, like make copies of himself and make like an army of Badgies and all of them be different badges from throughout the history of Star Trek different communicator types and stuff like that that would be pretty cool oh okay like well I I can't conveniently just like turn my camera and and show the collection of different eras of com badges that I have on the shelf but now I'm gonna look at them and I'm gonna see nothing but badges I got <laughs> nine no 12 badges lined up on the shelf I'm in big trouble I, I think badgy works better as an idea because like I was looking forward to the return of Badgie, and then we saw it, and I was like, "Oh, maybe I guess I was wrong." Um, <laughs> but yeah, because because they're writing Badgie as one note. There's there's nothing going. There's nothing new happening with Badgie. It's just Badgie doing the same stuff as before. They throw in something new with Badgie shedding uh, aspects of uh, of his programming, of his personality. You know. Uh, Excising all the good from himself. Excising yeah, they did all the whole of logic they did from himself. Red Superman, Blue Superman. It's <laughs> weird. It's so weird that you would bring up Red Superman, Blue Superman because I totally went Enemy Within, yeah. the original series. <laughs> yeah, Star yeah, Trek. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> I I did. I We're did racking like, up the DC references. I I did like the way they they finished it up though, in that he became omniscient. And realized what he was doing was was pointless, and then ascended. I I really enjoyed that aspect of it, mm -hmm. uh, because it, it was you know I said you know now I know of course why he's his knowledge is infinite after assimilating all of the Federation. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but just suddenly understanding everything about the universe, and he went, "This violence thing is bullshit. I'm just going to go hang out with the koala." Uh, I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. No, I think he I think he assimilated everything everywhere. Like he became a part of like every subspace relay, everything instantaneously or very nearly and went, Oh, this is all bullshit. I'm yeah. moving on. Like it wasn't just the Federation. Mm -hmm. And speaking of the uh assimilating and, and becoming one with uh, all the subspace relays, you know, throughout the, the the quadrant, being a part of everything. That's an another aspect of this plotline that I wasn't a big fan of because, and I I'm certain that it's a byproduct of this being a kind of uh, slapstick, very broad half hour comedy version of Star Trek, but a a quadrant spanning threat 
that could bring down like every race in the Federation and it lasts five minutes it it seemed like overinflated stakes it, it seemed like uh, Badgie's intent was a little a little overwrought for for this again one episode plot line it was the quickest season of Discovery I've ever watched <laughs> <laughs> and I was fine with that <laughs> Uh, I, I was going to say that they kind of lifted it from, you top that. <laughs> yep, it yep. from the end of Picard, too. So, I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that that takes all the wind out of any anything more I could say about that aspect of the plot. Dave nailed it. I, I got nothing more on that. Uh, next, I'll go to the panelist who hasn't really said a whole lot. Neek, do you, what do you think we will see, if anything, of Guji moving forward? I hope nothing. You hope <laughs> nothing. I, yeah. I would like to know why. Well, I feel like that storyline is wrapped up now. Like, Badgy ascended, which makes sense, because... You know, why would an AI be evil or good? Ascribing human emotion to an AI is not logical. So it was funny that it, you know, popped out uh, logic-y. Yeah, I wasn't in asking about logic. To <laughs> um, so all of that was clever. All of that was fun. But I feel like that's been done now. I, I feel like they've wrapped up their... AI storylines like I feel like it's done I mean I guess I could go back to that well all Star Treks have gone to the back to that well over and over again but I I don't need to see more from Badgie or Goodgie uh, I'm I'm done with it we've had that we've had data and lore enough and this is just a comedic version of data and lore mm-hmm. and uh, I think that they they did leave themselves a back door with Gucci making that little evil face there for a second while he was buffering. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay, so now Gucci's going to become bad, you know, or, or, you know, if they decide that they want to do something else, they've got that little, uh, little back door built in. I mean, in season five, the, the three episode arc of worst G. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no one thinks that we're going to see uh, not, not necessarily a storyline or a plot line, centered around Guji, but just Guji is there. Guji is now a, a a small recurring supporting character that just sort of pops up and It wouldn't surprise me if rappers. we saw him on like Rutherford's pad or something. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going to be a plot line anymore. I, I mean, I yeah. I could see him being a little background character from time to time. Sort of like, uh, what was that little creature in the J.J. Abrams movies? Uh, Keener? Oh, Keenzer? Whatever. whatever. I was yeah. thinking you were going for Gazoo. No. <laughs> no. Gazoo was ten times better than Badgie, I'm sorry. <laughs> was he, Chris? Keep was Gazoo's he? name out of your mouth. Was he? Yes, dumb dumb. No. <laughs> no, I think you just proved my point. <laughs> I want to... He was, cousin Oliver, he, was, he, was he was cousin scrappy. Oliver for the he was, he was cousin Oliver dude. for the Flintstones. He, he Scrappy Doo. 
I just want character. to let a microphone run on Dave and Chris for like a half hour and release <laughs> it as a bonus episode sometime. It will be it'll be about four hours and then it'll end with us just both going do 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 do. It always comes back to Quantum Leap when I'm on here. It's, yeah, it have I mean, to? it doesn't yeah. have to. I want to pick up on something that Neek said though about um, why do we ascribe like these human emotions to the AI? Why does it have to be good or bad or something that is through the lens of humanity? And to me, that's what Star Trek is about, and it's Star Trek's greatest strength and also Star Trek's greatest failing because humanity is you know humanity the universe doesn't owe anything to humanity and it doesn't need to be categorized through the lens of humanity but that's what star trek has always done and it's part of the reason why i've found next gen to be a little bit cloying at times um a little bit overbearing at times because i don't i don't think that we're all that important in the vast scheme of things yet we're stuck you know channeling everything that we encounter through the lens of who we are and i feel like star trek really went at its best tries to distill that and tries to grapple with it but at its worst just takes it as the default for everything out there and humanity is the only right way to approach things so uh, you know this to me is just part and parcel of um everything that's good and bad about star trek it's just looking at things through the lens of humanity even though they don't need to be looked that way but we can't get away from that i don't know if i'm making any sense but i i uh, think you're 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 incorrect about one thing it's not humanity. just one thing yeah thank you, thank you. <laughs> it's it's not through the lens of humanity it's through the lens of americans okay no i'll give you that through the lens yeah through the lens of of cisgender white americans or people who happen to surround them and code as as cisgender white <laughs> so. my wife just said whatever you're talking about is terrifying <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time it's 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 sometimes where i feel like star trek gets tedious um other times where i feel like star trek has some of its greatest triumphs so uh, I, I again i just thought that this episode of lower decks was probably the nadir of the season and it was just because it was one one note gag played out over 30 minutes so i'll i'll kidding I'll, aside um i i think what you're what you're uh, what you're calling a failing, you and granted, you said it could be both. That's what, but that's what Star Trek always was about: was dealing with human issues by putting an alien face on them and kind of coming around the corner of it. Yeah, no, no, I understand what science fiction is. I understand why, <laughs> why they do it that way. I'm, I'm versed in in the form. Uh, I just don't think that it was done. Um, eloquently all the time on certain Not always, sometimes no. i've i found it to be very I, I find it to be very heavy-handed a lot of times in star trek that that i i cannot argue with the idea of the machine gone bad you know dates back to frankenstein and it's not a very intriguing story if you know all your computer does is play chess and tell you when to plant your crops um I mean, drama has its needs, right? Yeah. But I, I wouldn't call Frankenstein a machine. I'd call Frankenstein no, but, a zombie. But, but the 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 story, but the story of Frankenstein was kind of like where you could, you, I mean, there may have been stuff prior to that, but the the technology gone bad. Mm -hmm. Even though I've read Frankenstein many times, I know that that's not you know, the monster was not the monster. Frankenstein was the monster. Right. Uh, speaking of tedious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Speaking of tedious, we can move on to the the other plot line of this episode, that being the Peanut Hamper and Agamus uh, dual storyline. With... I had so much fun listening to how much fun Jeffrey Combs was having playing Agamus that I almost didn't care about the story. It was just you could hear him grinning through every line that he was saying. He was he was absolutely killing it this time. I I I cannot deny that. Um, I, As opposed to lines... which time, because he kills it every time. Scott, uh, touche. Every time. Uh, his, his, every single one of time. one of his lines was the moment where I laughed in this episode, and. As I've stated before, I usually don't laugh at Lower Decks. I find it entertaining. I like it. I think it's funny, but it doesn't make me laugh. Uh, today, I did laugh when uh, Agamus throws himself off of the, the throne that he has set himself upon on whatever planet he subjugated in record time. And Tendi leans over and says, you know, puts her hand on his outer casing and says something, and just the muffled, don't touch me. <laughs> the the fact that they muffled the sound was 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 fantastic. I left. I yeah. I rewound it and and listened to it again. Um. So we have Peanut Hamper and Agamus scheming together to uh, essentially break out of Daystrom and go conquering and subjugating together as a as a pair of best friends. Uh, with no indication that there's any sort of a romantic relationship between the two, which Lower Dax is proving they're they're getting good at doing platonic best friend relationships and not making it sordid or untoward. Mm. So kudos to them for that. Um, the the jumping off point that I want to throw out to all of you guys is I was expecting that by the time we got to the end of this particular plot, it would be revealed that Brad and Tendi knew everything that these two robots were going to do and had anticipated it. And their schemes would lead them right back to being imprisoned at Daystrom, both of them, not having gotten what they wanted, but still tricking Agamus into giving the information that Brad needed in the first place. I was I was waiting for them to turn the tables on on these two antagonists and it didn't happen. It turns out that both Peanut Hamper and Agamus want to be better. They don't want to go and take over planets. They they just want to hang out and and live their lives. And Tendi and Boimler just kind of got lucky that that's how it went because Agamus did kind of get the drop on them. So was anyone else expecting this particular story to go in a direction other than what we got in the episode? I think you misunderstood the episode. Okay. Uh, at least, well, okay, no. They, they, they weren't playing Peanut Hamper. Peanut Hamper went off on her own. But they were totally playing Agamus the whole time. They, they, because, you know, when, at, when they were on in, in Ecuador and Tendi's playing with the sand... And she's like, you know, I can get us out of this anytime we want. And, and Boimler's like, yeah, I know, but we need to get the intel from him. Just let it go. We're gonna mm -hmm. play that. We're gonna play this long. So they were they were letting Agamus do this 
then they could have stopped him at any point. And, you know, it, it wasn't like a Grand Admiral Thrawn sort of, ha-ha, I knew exactly what you were going to do and we've been waiting for you. But they weren't, you know, he didn't get the drop on them. They were letting him go, hoping to get the intel from him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you are, yes, absolutely right. I I, I was less comprehensive in my, in my description. Um, but, yes, they, they were playing along with Agamus and and allowing him to do what he was doing. I mean, up to a point, but I was, I think a lot of this is coming from, yeah, my expectation that Peanut Hamper was going to still come back at some point, having faked the, the speech at the parole hearing. So when we find out at the end that the speech was actually real and she, she did want to go straight essentially um that confounded my expectations yeah i, I kind of expected um it, it was kind of strange that they decided to do both of these things in the same episode you know they had two different ai plots going on at the same time because i could tell that the episode was kind of running out of time to do that and they were either going to they were either going to try that and they were going to wrap it up really quickly and it wasn't going to make any sense or they were going to carry this over to another episode but uh but then they went a different way than what i was expecting i wasn't expecting uh, uh peanut hamper and agamus to just be like oh i never wanted to do this at all i just want to hang out and play in the dirt and whatever <laughs> is these what, what tomatoes they look like yeah. <laughs> if they were tomatoes, they'd look like pretty good tomatoes. I'd eat yep. I I would eat those. But yeah, as I said, I I did I did I w did uh, subvert my expectations all the way through pretty much, so. Mm -hmm. I I did not in any way expect uh Peanut Hamper's hearing to go uh to go well. I didn't expect her to be released. I did not expect I, I did expect Agamus to end up back at Daystrom, but I didn't expect him to get there wanting to rehabilitate and get better. So he can get out again and and go be with uh with Peanut Hamper. But then again I'm also the guy that was, you know, surprised that Peanut Hamper kept the the brown paint job from uh, her last episode. That sounds dirty. Only to you. She got a brown paint job. Come on. Come on. I do want to mention that these animated binars did not look like binars to me. The they binars had they had the the binars have like these purple lines on the sides of their heads. And they and they didn't have that. They were just I mean they have lines, but they're not like these purple streaks that go down the sides of their heads. Yeah, you're right, Sean. No other species in Star Trek history has ever had a change in aesthetic <laughs> appearance. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Hashtag not all binars. <laughs> and and no, other, no other no other Star series has been poorly animated on lower decks ever. This is a different species of binars, I guess. I was I was <laughs> disappointed, not 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 with the, the 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 portrayal of the binars. I actually binars was that first or second season? First season. First season. First season. First, I think, first, yeah. first season. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually like, like, like the, the second binars. episode. A lot a lot of what happened in first two seasons didn't. You know, I, I prefer to try to forget, but I like the binars, and 
the 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 vocal the vocalizations of them it sounded like they were talking backwards and so i actually recorded the dialogue from that segment and ran it backwards and i was shocked to see find out it wasn't <laughs> i don't know what they did what what technique they used to get that but it it was not just stuff running backwards which was i was both disappointed and impressed that's too much work for this episode so <laughs> Did you take the audio recording and massively slow it down to see if there Ooh. were words hidden in there, like uh, mumbles in Warren Beatty's Dick Tracy? Wow, that's a deep cut. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I did not, because there was even at, at normal speed, there was no indication that there were actual words in the in the dialogue that I could make out. So I didn't process it mm -hmm. any further. Was it just a trombone sound? <laughs> Actually, it sounded almost the same backwards as forwards, which that, that was also kind of interesting. Okay. What are we talking about? <laughs> well, I tell you what we're going to talk about. Me bragging about. about my audio editing skills. <laughs> we're going to talk about throwing it once again to Neek and get her take on Peanut Hamper's appearance in this episode. Well, I've already said what I have to say about it. I thought it was great. I liked her arc. I like that they wrapped it up. I wouldn't mind another story with her and her family, but I, I think they're like, you know, is she evil? Is she good? I think we've done that enough. I don't need to see that again. But I, I like what they've done with her in the past, and I was fine with what they did with her in this episode. So are they saying that the experience on the bird planet actually did affect her, or was it the therapy in prison that reformed her? I'm not sure. Maybe it's a combination. Either way, I guess it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. But I think we should pivot to the reveal that all those ships are not being destroyed. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. What do we think about that? Are the ships not being destroyed or the people just being transported? Because we've They're seen They're not pieces. being destroyed. They showed them hauling them away, the ships, and the, the wreckage is fake. They said that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what she keeps getting me is all that, all that wreckage floating around. So. Boimler said they're not being destroyed, they're being, I think he said, stolen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And either the, I don't think he specifically said the debris is fake, so either the debris is fake or the debris is just bits that they leave behind and take most of the ship. I was pretty sure he said that they were, that it was a, you know, it was a fake, it was fake wreckage to make us think that it was destroyed, but hmm. maybe I'm wrong. I don't think he mentioned the wreck. He just said the ships were being stolen. They didn't address the wreckage, but mm -hmm. yeah, I think they did. Especially the first couple of times. You know the the Klingon ship and and the the Romulan ship. They were very careful to show the 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 banner logo or whatever you want to call it as that particular piece of wreckage floated by the camera. Mm -hmm. So maybe whoever's I... stealing them is you know replicating a chunk of of hull plating and putting the so it is clear to whoever finds it that this is a Klingon bird of prey that's been destroyed or whatever. Mm. I, I mean, I don't like being so, so definitively proven so wrong. 
as I was saying some episodes ago that uh, the the crew of these ships you can see they're being torn apart they're they're dead they're like totally dead mm-hmm. like not being alive people anymore they're dead but nope they're just being stolen so they're all out there somewhere well I mean they, they, they were trying to trick you because you're right I mean if you go back and you look at some of those scenes you it does look like you see like skeletons and stuff but that could be like an x-ray effect I guess of being transported and you know hack, trans- hack. transportation devices are suicide machines anyway so <laughs> uh, so ship of Theseus man <laughs> so um we have another detail about this mystery ship now we know that they are not killing all these people they're stealing the ships for purposes we still don't know another very singular small uh, clue about the storyline in a full episode about something entirely different so this is a pattern that I don't really love in that this is the the underlying arc that they are taking through the entire season and it's barely showing up in any of these episodes we're I, what is it episode seven now I think mm-hmm. yeah episode seven and we still barely know what's going on with this ship mm. it hasn't been I, it's been a a bookend at best in the episodes that we've seen so far it hasn't even been a a b plot and it <clears throat> excuse me it annoys me just a little bit because it that's a little too uh piece by piece it drags it and stretches it out a, a little more than than i would like if you want to keep me interested in this particular storyline give me more than just a tidbit per episode. It was the MacGuffin it, of this episode. It was the, the whole Mac- reason why they were they were uh, 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 they were interrogating Agamus. Yeah, not interrogate. What's what's the word when, uh, when somebody wants to do something and you let them do it? Humoring Agamus. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't know why that word wouldn't come out of. Me. <laughs> that was the whole reason for the Agamus storyline was they needed the intel on this. Yeah, they they spent the entire episode doing something else in order to get the one piece of information that we got in this episode about the mystery ship. Just like the one piece of information we got at the end of um I can't remember the episode title, but with the, the trio of betazoids. Yeah. Yeah. That, Once that again, that was something entirely different, and but we got to the end of the episode so we could get one tidbit about the mystery ship. Quickest season of discovery this. I've ever seen. This, yeah. this is this all discovery. Yeah, and well, that's what my, they do in every episode. My theory is they need to repopulate the 32nd Century Federation, and it's just Burnham on that ship because it's always Burnham at the heart of every mystery in New Trek. She's she's always the central figure. So no, sometimes it's a crying dude with mental powers. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the crying Kelpian's in a better place now, though. Yeah, the crying. <laughs> well, I mean, this is this is lower decks, though. I mean, if you're if you're expecting a a, a, a great uh, storyline that's season long that you're gonna be intrigued in and everything, that's not what this show is. This show is a sitcom, 
you know, and it's it's about the jokes and everything, and the all that stuff is secondary. But I think they have done a good job with this. I've been I mean, they've done, they've done a good job. They've done a, done a good job with what they've done, but that's not the point of Lower Decks. Lower Decks is supposed to be to make us laugh. See, it you, is more character-based than anything. You've said this many times, and I, I, I really disagree with you on this point. Uh, okay. I, I, I'm I, well. Okay, not completely. You're right. You know, Lower Decks is primarily a comedy, but and this is this was the problem I had with the very short treks. Is that Lower Decks, as a as a Star Trek comedy, is still Star Trek. It's they are still trying at least that doesn't always succeed but they are trying to stay within the 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 world that Star Trek has created more or less you know when they get silly they don't get stupid they um no i understand exactly what you're saying because they they poke fun at Star Trek but they rarely do something in lower decks that has not been done before in Star Trek they're mm-hmm. shining a light on Star Trek and they're saying, yes, we know it's silly. Yes, we can laugh at it, but it is Star Trek. I th- there have been a couple episodes where I felt they pushed it too far, where they did something that was like really ludicrous and, and makes it tough. But I have to say, there have been lots of episodes of live action Star Trek where they've done things where I'm like wow that's really pushing it it's really hard to suspend your disbelief this is really silly or really out there a lot of Star Trek probably that's why a lot of people can't with Star Trek because it it does push things pretty far I mean Q you know those types of characters they're pretty out there and so what Lower Decks is doing is it's taking that world and it's just being self-referential and it's saying like yeah we get it it's dumb but it's also really cool and really fun and it's still legit star trek and to your point rick about it it that's how it is different from those very short tracks because the very short tracks were just i mean basically they're just dick and fart jokes with you know a, a star trek rapping whereas lower decks it's like my podcast <laughs> yeah but lower decks is is legit Star Trek. You can ignore the jokes and the storylines, again, for the most part, I might argue there have been a couple where it strains credulity, but for the most part, the episodes can be watched as legit Star Trek. And they may not always have, maybe just because it's half hour rather than 45 minutes or whatever, It's they don't have that the same strength of lessons or the same mm. kind of no I'm de- I'm gonna contradict myself I was about to say they don't have the same sort of character development but I disagree they have just as much character development as any of the other series if not more indeed I'm and not so, thinking of Voyager at all I think that Nick Nick what you think it's missing it's not so much it, they don't have the time for the heavy-handed proselytizing that that characterizes a lot of Trek um, right and I think that they have done plenty of really stupid stuff, Rick, but they come at it from a place of respect and love for the franchise and for the universe. And that's, that's why I stopped why myself I when I said away stupid. With it. That's why I stopped myself yeah. when I said stupid, because that was not the right word. Because, yes, Lower Decks has totally 
dove into the into the stupid end of the pool, but they they never violated the respect for Star Trek. Exactly. They always they always come at it from a place of reverence. So and, I think that's why they get away with what they get away with. And and like Sean, what you were talking about, where where I was objecting to Mariner's backslide, you were you were excusing it as this is a sitcom. We can't let the characters change too much, or the or we'll lose the audience. Um. You may be right. I, I I hope not because we've seen because I disagree. Um, I would hate for that to be an excuse for any anything in Star Trek. I that, that's one of the reasons I don't watch sitcoms because you you know you're absolutely right. That's that is a big thing. We've got to keep the formula going, and I don't I don't think Lower Decks has been doing that. I don't either. Because Lower Decks is not a sitcom from the 80s. Lower Decks is a sitcom from now. And like current sitcoms, not perhaps not network sitcoms with like a laugh track, but you know, something like a modern high concept sitcom like The Good Place, they absolutely have character development. They absolutely change things as they go on. Mm -hmm. So that that traditional form format of sitcom, I would argue, is not the the gauge you should judge a show by and it's not a thing nowadays i mean again it may exist in shitty sitcoms but that's not the way modern tv is done hmm. in rick's defense we're of an age where we kind of grew up watching the same shitty sitcoms on channel 5 or channel 11 <laughs> ad nauseum and it's just ingrained in our brains that that's what a sitcom is so when we think sitcoms we think of bewitched we think of uh, Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch, yeah. And I, when you say The Good Place, I mean that's that's mm. an exemplary sitcom. And I don't even think of that as a sitcom. It's just like I think it's a funny drama in in a lot of respects because there's just so much going on there. The dramedy. Yeah, Lower it, Decks feels a lot like Scrubs in Star on Star Trek to me. But and Scrubs does not hold up. When's the last time you watched Scrubs? Very, I'm, I'm currently re-watching re it, and it's amazing. I don't care what you say, but I don't know. I watched a few episodes. <laughs> like, I love. I used to love this show. What the hell happened? Um, I, something changed with you because it's still yes, great. I'm broken um, inside. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 to uh, be fair Scott. to Lower Decks, though, I think you know. I think the the one of the issues that they have to deal with is there's only like ten episodes per season. So like while we're waiting a year to watch the next the next season. And we're changing and we're waiting. They have to like pick it up where it left off. So like, if you go back and rewatch Lower Decks in a binge watch, if the characters change that much in ten episodes, you're going to be pissed and going like, "Well, that was not earned." So they have to go slow in this show because it's only ten episodes a season. But I think there has been substantial growth. And I wasn't, I wasn't trying to say that Lower Decks is not Star Trek. I mean, that's no, not, no, that's not I, the point I, I was trying to make. I was no, just trying I, to say I, that's not what I was saying. That if that's what it sounded like. I apologize. Their focus is comedy, mm -hmm. and the 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 science fiction storylines and everything is going to be the second tier. It's important to them, and they do a good job on it. But I think that if it's not funny, I mean, it's a comedy. So if it's not funny, then what have you got? But what I what I was getting to. And, and I, I know, as usual, I was taking the long way around, is about what Scott was saying about being displeased with how they're giving us the 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 the, 
death ship or whatever we're going to call it now with an eyedropper that's something i've appreciated with this season is that usually lower decks just gives you everything right in your face right up front and i've been i have appreciated the measured gradual ex, uh, introduction of this storyline as it's gone along where we just see, we just see at the beginning of the episode it it you know, fucks up a Klingon ship, and then we're like, what the hell was that? And then we get on with the episode. And then it fucks up a Romulan ship, and we get on with the episode. And then gradually it was like, you know, ship a ship is missing, and then ships have been attacked. And then now we're at the point where it's the MacGuffin of the episode, and it's been this gradual buildup, which is not something we've seen Lower Decks do a whole lot of. So no. I'm kind of appreciating the, if you will, the word may not necessarily be appropriate, but the subtlety of this storyline. I'm kind of digging how they're writing this in a little bit at a time. It's very much what one season of Batman, the brave and the bold did. And that's a fantastic animated show. If anybody hasn't seen it, it's mm -hmm. one season. They do like these little teasers at the beginning that like lead up to like a season finale. That's like in the future with Kamandi and the, the last boy and all this crazy shit, but they just give you a little bit at a time. And I really liked that. And I like I like that they're doing it here. Mm -hmm. And I'm appreciating that they're doing it here. I I was just hoping, you know, somewhere mid-season, before we get to what's going to be, you know, the last couple. This is a 10-episode season, so we've got three episodes remaining. It would stand to reason that if there's not a significant focus on the mystery ship beginning with the next episode, then it's going to really kick in for for nine and ten but i was i was expecting like i said just a like a small subplot for one of the mid-season episodes to give us just a little bit more of an idea of of what we're dealing with because we essentially know hardly anything more about this mystery ship now than we did in the first episode it shows up it makes the ship go bye-bye and then it disappears and that's really still essentially all we know. The The new information is that we know it's not destroying the ships. That's all I'd we've gotten I'd in like seven episodes. I think that's enough, though, for them to go like Gonzo. Maybe it's not that big of an issue where they need to do a 10-episode arc about it. It's not like the last few episodes of DS9. And if you think about, I think some of the best Lower Decks was in the last two episodes of last season with the Texas-class ships taking over and uh, Admiral Bonamigo, I think that was his name, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and I thought that those were spectacular episodes. So I know I've been kind of down and on the show since we got on, but I have seen Lower Decks that I've really enjoyed. I'm just generally not that big of a fan of it. They've shown that they can do some really good stuff in, you know, one or two episodes. So why not save the best for last and just tease this along, drib drab it along while we can get away with all the comedy we want to get away with and tell those funny stories and then save like the impactful stuff for the last two or maybe even three episodes. Mm -hmm. Because well, on, also, a on a streamer, you've got to have an ongoing little mystery to keep people mm -hmm. interested. I well, think it's, that's all it's that like is. in last season with the with the the the, the Bonamigo storyline, you know, we were getting little dribs and drabs of, mm -hmm. of something happened to Rutherford that he couldn't remember. And we were getting just little bits and pieces of that until the last two episodes of the season. Yeah. Oh, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. 
I, I can't I can't hold this in Neek, or do did you purposefully bound uh TNG medical uniform? Cuz what she's wearing looks Sorry? like a TNG medical uniform. It, yes, it's a it's a TNG hoodie, yeah. Oh, okay. I was like <laughs> I, it was a little like bounding like like with Disney where you're not allowed to dress as the characters but you could dress stuff like wear like real clothes that look like it. I don't know. It was just it looked like you had like a sweater on. I was like, God, that's clever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I have the I have the, the the command hoodie. I wear it when it finally gets cold enough to wear a coat. I wear it to, to work all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am in Michigan wearing a hoodie in the house. Mm-hmm. Because it's chilly. By the way, I yeah, did confirm. I did confirm Boimler says the destruction, the debris left behind was a lie. Oh, was, did he? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I did confirm that. I, I, right. I retract my, uh, my disbelief. I, I think what we are discovering is that everyone here on this panel seems satisfied with and fine with the mystery ship, uh, element of this season and how they're going about it. I'm just the odd man out that wishes there was a little that they would show us just a little bit more before we get to the end of the season and really solve the mystery well i think they should wrap it up in the next two episodes and the final episode should just be like a dinner with andre type of episode where they're all just sitting around <laughs> having a long drawn out conversation with no comedy whatsoever uh, <laughs> and wallace sean should be there <laughs> As he a grand, should. He should. As the Grand Magus, but <laughs> just like shows up at the end. A very interesting conversation, my boy. <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs> Inconceivable. So, once again, Dave has uh, stolen the show. <laughs> That we cannot continue. We cannot. Don't worry. Don't worry. The destruction left behind was all fake. <laughs> Just a cover up. The uh, the podcast cannot continue. We have to wrap it up because uh, <laughs> Dave has bested us more than once. There's no. A, there's there's no way we can beat that. So unless anyone else has any more comments about this episode, we are going to bring it in for landing. Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Uh, looking at my notes. Nope. Bueller? You, okay. Think, uh, I, so. I just want to point out that if you didn't really just accidentally turn into an omniscient god, you have to tell us. I promise. <laughs> my week has been f filled with Trek characters turning into gods. I just I watched mean, Charlie X for my show, and <laughs> now we're dealing with this. I'm that's like, such a god. great episode. I love that episode. I if told, it, when you posted god, your you thumbnail yes. from that, I totally forgot that Charlie had a suede version of Kirk's wraparound shirt, mm -hmm. and now I want one. <laughs> <laughs> he did. That's going to take us to the end of this discussion. <laughs> uh, I want to thank all of my uh, panelists for uh, joining us going around the circle uh tell everyone where you can be found on the internet um uh sean let's start with you you can find me here and uh we also uh we didn't mention that you can also next year you can find prodigy on netflix yay so. <laughs> indeed now i prodigy is not uh part of this panel but we would love to have 
Prodigy, hey, uh, Prodigy production team, you're you're always invited. Rick, where can people find you on the you, internet? You can find me right here on the network on uh, on this show and on Moon Show when it comes back in November. Moon Show, uh, Moon Show. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, which is a for all mankind podcast hosted by the amazing Meek Yeager. Uh, also, I am putting out uh, once a week in October. I am uh, putting out a, a spooky story that I have read. Uh, this morning, I sent in my rendition of The Raven that will hopefully be online soon. Uh, I'm not Thank sure. Thank you for your reminding me. <laughs> uh, and also also uh, I have received no end of shit justifiably so <laughs> about my, my new show The Geekly World News on Monday night as we record this uh, I will be interviewing uh, a person who is on who has been on the picket lines on the SAG-AFTRA uh, strike uh, we were going to record this week and hope and we're expecting it to be a yeah that was a thing wasn't it and now it's still going on and so I'm going to be interviewing this person about what it's like being in the middle of the strike out in, in LA and uh, that and, and that's the main reason I've been delaying the show is I've been trying to get this set up because strikes and and stuff and it's finally happening so this show, I'm not sure when exactly it will be out. I'm not going to give any promises yet, but hopefully by the end of next week, uh, I will have a, a, an episode to put out. Outstanding. Uh, Nick Yeager, where can people find you? Well, Rick as already did have your plug. <laughs> indeed, you'll you'll want to subscribe to Moon Show so that Moonshow. when For All Mankind comes back in November, you can be ready for our discussions. And if you like Star Trek, and I assume you do, even though you hate Lower Decks. <laughs> but I, but reason, I feel like you were looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> you'll want to go to superanemic.com and read my recaps of Star Trek episodes. And you'll want to read the recaps of the Peanut Hamper episodes to understand what they're saying with AI. You almost changed my mind about Peanut Hamper with that one, I, I will admit. So just read it once more, and then you'll fully have your mind changed. <laughs> All right, Dave Robertson, where can you be found in the wilds of the web? Oh, a lot of places. I'm on Star Trek Universe. That's my Star Trek show that I do with uh, Matt Carroll and Effie Ophelders. We do, Matt and I do... Um, the new episode reviews so we already did this episode uh that we just talked about oh, and fine yeah i know <laughs> um <laughs> and then uh effie and i are going back and watching the original series she has never seen it before i have seen it of course uh, a million and a half times but uh i am enjoying those reviews immensely so Star Trek Universe, we're on all the places. And if you're interested in DC uh, movies, James Gunn coming in and making new uh, DC movies and TV shows, DC on screen, that's my uh, my DC podcast. And um, we're also everywhere. And I do artwork on Instagram at Drawing with Dave. And that's the last thing I'll mention. 
<laughs> There's too much. <laughs> Never too much. Chris, where can people find you online? I am a host of the Quantum Leap Podcast. You can find us at quantumleappodcast.com. We are in the thick of the new season, and uh, we're putting out all new shows every week. So come and uh, see what we have to say. I've been That's sad it. I haven't been able to listen because I haven't watched the new season yet. I will give you a sneak peek. Um, the first, the season premiere, I thought was spectacular. I love the season premiere. Awesome. So uh, I, I recommend that you at least give this new season a chance. It's it's somewhat different than the last season. I mean, I enjoyed the last season. I'm just I'm just behind on every damn thing. So. I, All I, I know enjoyed is season that... one plenty. I'm enjoying season two so far more than I enjoyed the last season. Excellent. I don't watch Quantum Leap. I, I watched the first episode. Yes, I know I'm a Philistine. <laughs> but I do subscribe on both to both your podcast and uh, on YouTube. And apparently you're putting out about 16 videos a day now. Yeah, Matt and Albie are out of their minds. Yeah, uh, because we can't speak to the guest cast or the main cast because they're all on strike. Uh, we've gotten some interviews. Uh, we've spoken to the exec one of the executive producers is also the producing director. His name is Chris Grismer. He told us about how they approach like the entire season, the look of the show, the feel of the show. Matt just did an interview with the costume designer. Um, Albie did an interview with an editor on the show. Uh, Matt also just spoke to the uh, composer for the show about the scoring. And we now, since the writer's strike is over, have, I think three writers on board so we're going to be speaking to um uh, not martin jarrow uh, to dean jarris who is the executive producer and showrunner along with a writer of episode 204 so they're going to be doing that in tandem and uh, we also have uh hughes and rob coming on they're like a team that that, that works together so um yeah uh, that's not me. I just show up for that stuff if I show up at all, because they do it during the day when I'm at work because Matt's on UK time and Albie works from home. So I have, you know, I, I have very little to do with any of that, but they're just killing it. So I recommend podcast.com. <laughs> indeed. I'm enjoying this new season of the show, but I, I haven't gotten to your podcast on the second episode yet, but your podcast on the season premiere. Fantastic. Love oh, thank you. Um, as for myself, you can find me here hosting that Star Trek podcast and appearing uh, on Moon Show, occasionally Moon Show. on Captain Game Show, and Game Show. Um, when when we do episodes of them, Cosmic Potato. Uh, Cosmic outside Potato. <laughs> outside of podcasting, you can visit okay. my own website www.planetrisecreative.com and check out some of the graphic artwork that I do for fun and profit. Profit. And it's going to wrap it up for... Uh, okay, yeah, y'all, seriously. Kindergartners. <laughs> Kindergartners, all of you. Hey, I'm not, not, I'm not making booger jokes, and you guys thought that was funny. Uh, you know, so... Notice I'm not doing any of that. Um, notice I, I did, however, forget. Uh, Sean, you didn't like this episode. Have you ever watched Star Trek? How dare you not love this episode of Lower Decks? Rick, that was for you. <laughs> Thank you for being here. We appreciate you listening, downloading, hopefully subscribing to this podcast. Come back and listen next time as we discuss Star Trek Lower Decks Season 4, Episode 8, titled Caves. Good night.
Thank you for joining us for this episode of That Star Trek Podcast. You can contact us on Facebook and Twitter, or you can send us an email at thatstartrekpodcast at gmail.com. Help the show grow by giving us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. Be sure to join us again next time on That Star Trek Podcast. Caves? Caves. C-A-V-E-S? C-A-V-E-S, caves. 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 You, 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 you How many go times are you guys going to say caves? <laughs>